98K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Kenny Hodgart. Tonight's headlines. The government says it's amending the law so that it can invalidate COVID vaccination exemption certificates it believes are issued without proper medical consultations. COVID jab requirements for schools to run full-day classes have been temporarily relaxed and local stocks finished slightly lower today after yesterday's big losses. The government says it will amend the law to empower the Health Secretary to invalidate COVID vaccination exemption certificates it believes are issued without proper medical consultations, Priscilla Ung reports. Days after a High Court judge ruled that the Health Secretary had no power to void the certificates of exemption from COVID vaccines, the government announced that it would not appeal the ruling. Instead, it will amend the law. In a statement, the government says it took into consideration legal opinion, the urgency of its anti-epidemic work and public interest, among other factors. It says the move to submit legal amendments fulfills Hong Kong's best interests. The government will submit the amendments to LegCo tomorrow through negative vetting, and lawmakers will vote on them after they take effect. Some 20,000 exemption certificates were issued by seven doctors accused of not conducting proper medical consultations. Executive Councillor and Senior Counsel Ronnie Tong said it was suitable for the government to empower the Health Secretary on exemption certificates, saying there was no room for delay as lives are at stake. Mr Tong added that he agreed with the government's decision to amend the law instead of filing an appeal against the the recent judicial review of the matter to achieve the same result. If the judge knew that there is a loophole in the regulations and that people having unlawfully obtained certificates can get exempted from the counter-pandemic policy, then I think it is the government's responsibility to pluck the loophole rather than to appeal and try to win a legal argument. I think people in Hong Kong are probably more concerned about their health and well-being than whether the legal opinion of the judge or the applicant of the judicial review or the government is correct. The government has announced the relaxation of COVID jab requirements for both secondary and primary students when it comes to full-day classes. As Violet Wong reports, a three-jab rule that was supposed to take effect in November for secondary students to have full-day lessons has been postponed by three months. Under the rule, at least 90% of students need to have got three COVID jabs before secondary schools can apply to arrange full-day lessons. But now, the government says the three-jab rule won't be implemented until February, as the schools may need more time to boost the vaccination rate. It means as long as 9 out of 10 students in a secondary school or a particular grade have been double-jabbed, they can have full-day classes until the end of January. Officials also announced that primary schools, where only half-day lessons are held currently, can have full-day classes from December the 1st, as long as 70% of students are double-jabbed. And primary students who have received at least two doses of COVID vaccine can attend extracurricular and maskless activities with immediate effect. The Bureau said the new policy aims to allow normal activities to resume in primary schools and cater to the learning and social needs of students. Local stocks finished slightly lower today after yesterday's big losses. Speaking ahead of the weekly Executive Council meeting this morning, Chief Executive John Lee said Hong Kong's financial markets were running in a smooth and orderly manner. The CE said there were a lot of uncertainties in the global economy, but that Hong Kong had the capacity to deal with the situation. 
I would suggest uh, investors to monitor the situation closely, uh, assess the risks, and uh, make careful decisions uh, according to their own position. Government is very confident uh, that the systems we have in Hong Kong uh, is effective, resilient, and will be monitoring the situation so that we will ensure market order and market transactions will go on in accordance uh, with uh, what we uh, expect. The government plans to list melioidosis as a statutory notifiable infectious disease. The Centre for Health Protection says authorities are planning to require doctors to report both suspected and confirmed cases amid an increase in infections from previous years. Health authorities also reported three more infections. The patients are elderly men who are chronically ill. They're in a stable condition in hospital. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. The Wine and Dine Festival returns to Hong Kong next Tuesday with over 700 bars and restaurants set to take part. The organiser, the Hong Kong Tourism Board, says it will hand out 50,000 e-coupons to customers to boost consumption. This is the second year the event will take place at different venues instead of a single large venue due to the pandemic. At a press briefing, Ryan So, the general manager at Dining City, a participant, praised the format. The previous design is talking about participation in a centralised location, but this one is talking about the customers really go to the restaurants or go to the bar to try and experience the product. So I think it brings different kinds of beauties to consumers. Both have its own merits. HSBC has reported a fall in third quarter profits of over 40%, with the bank's bottom line hit by impairment charges for the planned sale of its French retail banking unit. Joanne Wong reports. Pre-tax profits slid 42% on year to 3.1 billion US dollars, while profit attributable to shareholders fell 46% to 1.9 billion. Meanwhile, the British lender has announced that its CFO since 2019 will be stepping down at the end of the year. He will be replaced by George Ellery, who headed the bank's global banking and markets division. HSBC says the leadership change has come as the sport focuses on long-term succession planning with the bank approaching the end of its three-year transformation plan. During a briefing for analysts, the group's chief executive, Noel Quinn, said the senior appointments appointments wouldn't alter the bank's current strategy. We had another good quarter with underlying growth in all businesses, positive impact of rate rises and continued tight cost control. We remain on track to hit all of our financial targets. I want to reassure you there will be no change in our strategy or our commitment to cost discipline as a consequence of the people changes we've announced. Education Secretary Christine Choi says teachers banned from the classroom for breaking the national security law or for mistreating pupils are unlikely ever to be allowed to return to the profession. She issued the warning while discussing new rules for their conduct on an RTHK programme, as Vanessa Cheng reports. Ms. Choi told radio listeners that the new guidelines on teacher conduct would be released by the end of this year, setting out what is considered fit and proper. She said whether teachers would receive a warning or face being struck off the register for breaching the rules would depend on the circumstances of each case.
The minister said a task force would be set up to decide whether struck-off teachers could return to the profession after showing improvement. But she said those disqualified for poor moral conduct are unlikely to be allowed back. If it's regarding their professional ability as a teacher, they can take some courses to prove themselves. But if they're involved in cases regarding poor moral conduct or they have caused damage to students, it's difficult for them to prove that they're suitable to be teachers again. Ms. Choi stressed the authorities want to protect pupils from being bullied or insulted by teachers. Asked about Monday's announcement that the requirement for teachers to pass a test on the basic law and the national security law would be expanded, the education chief said that even teachers whose subjects don't directly involve such matters should have this basic knowledge. Teachers taking up jobs at public schools have had to take the test from this academic year, but the rule will be expanded in the next school year to new teachers at government-funded schools under the direct subsidy scheme, as well as at kindergartens covered by the kindergarten education scheme. The district court has found tycoon Jimmy Lai guilty of two counts of fraud, ruling that he concealed the fact he was operating a consultancy from the headquarters of his next digital media empire from the landlord in breach of the lease. Violet Wong has the details. District Court Judge Stanley Chan said Lai's actions in allowing Deco consultants to operate from the building on the Cheng Kwanno Industrial Estate went beyond a mere civil breach of the rental contract with Nick's landlord, the Science and Technology Parks Corporation. The lease from the government-owned corporation was provided for the specific purposes of printing and publishing. Deco operated there for two periods between 1998 and 2015, then from 2016 to 2020. The judge rejected an argument from Lai's counsel that the breach did not represent a criminal offence, using as a parallel a hypothetical case in which a civil servant could be charged with fraud if he concealed the fact that he had been bankrupt when applying for a loan. Judge Chen also rejected Mr Lai's argument that Dicko took up only a small space in the headquarters and that its presence did not change the overall use of the building. The judge also noted that Deco was the only company operating in the building without a license from the landlord, saying Mr. Lai had a responsibility to seek such a permit no matter how little space it took up. He said he accepted that Mr. Lai was a smart businessman who managed numerous companies, but said that did not mean he could shrug off his responsibilities. Judge Chen also noted that while Deco Consultants had provided support for the operation of Next Digital, it had mainly handled personal affairs for Mr. Lai and his family members. A former executive of Next Digital, Wong Wai Kung, was convicted of one fraud count over the same offence. The pair will be sentenced at a later date. Mr. Lai is serving a 20-month jail term on unauthorised assembly charges. Beijing says it will promote foreign investment with a focus on manufacturing industries. This comes after President Xi Jinping called on the nation to win the battle in core technologies during the Communist Party Congress that ended over the weekend. Steve Dunthorne reports. The mainland's planning agency says it will encourage foreign enterprises to invest in high-tech equipment and components. 
The National Development and Reform Commission pointed out that the mainland will also strengthen financial support for foreign firms, including fundraising by eligible companies through listings on the mainland stock markets. The Commission's statement also promised support for foreign firms posting personnel to China. It said officials would facilitate the entry and exit of multinational companies' executives, technicians and their families under COVID-19 prevention regulations. The announcement comes a day after Beijing said that the economy grew 3.9% in the September quarter from a year earlier, rebounding at a faster than expected pace. Rishi Sunak has arrived at Downing Street for the first time as Britain's Prime Minister after being appointed by King Charles. In a speech setting the tone for his premiership, he said Britain was facing a profound economic crisis and acknowledged that his predecessor, Liz Truss, had made mistakes. I understand how difficult this moment is. After the billions of pounds it cost us to combat Covid, in the midst of a terrible war, I fully appreciate how hard things are and I understand too that I have work to do to restore trust after all that has happened. Italy's most right-wing Prime Minister since the Second World War has used her first address to Parliament to deny that her ideology is extreme. Giorgia Meloni, leader of the Brothers of Italy Party, said she had never felt sympathy or closeness to undemocratic regimes, including fascist ones. She also warned about economic headwinds. The BBC's Nick Beek reports. In her maiden speech to Parliament, Giorgia Maloney agreed with predictions from the likes of the International Monetary Fund that Italy will tumble into recession next year. She explained that her government would have to spend heavily to curb the impact of high gas prices and said Europe should not give in to what she called Vladimir Putin's blackmail on energy. Some of her cabinet picks have faced criticism, not least her choice of Minister for Family, who has described abortion as the dark side of motherhood. The International Monetary Fund says Ukraine will need $3 billion of funding every month to get through in the next year. The warning was given at an international conference in Berlin held to discuss the task of reconstruction. Speaking at the event, European Commission Chief Ursula von der Leyen said every country needed to play its part in helping Ukraine. We have no time to waste. The scale of destruction is staggering. The World Bank puts the costs of the damage at 350 billion euros. This is for sure more than one country or one union can provide alone. We need all hands on deck. Quick look at the weather. Fine and dry. Temperatures will range between 22 and 27 tomorrow. The temperature right now is 23 degrees with humidity of 72%. And a reminder of our top stories. The government says it's amending the law so that it can invalidate COVID vaccination exemption certificates it believes are issued without proper medical consultations. COVID jab requirements for schools to run full-day classes have been temporarily relaxed and local stocks finished slightly lower today after yesterday's big losses. The news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3 Heavenly shades of night are falling It's twilight time Out of the mist your voice is calling Tis twilight time When purple colored curtains mark the end of day, I 
value you, my dear, at twilight time. Thanks a lot for sticking around and welcome to 45 minutes of music just to chill out to. It's course Twilight Time with me, Peter King, through until midnight, featuring music mostly from a bygone era. And if you'd like a song, just send me an email, radiopete at gmail, we'll have a look for you. The first one for you tonight is Johnny Mercer. Together, It's quarter to three There's no one in the place Except you and me So set him up, Joe I've got a little story You ought to know We're drinking, my friend To the end of a brief episode Make it one for my baby And one more for the road I got the routine So drop another nickel in the machine I'm feeling so bad I wish you'd make the music Dreamy and sad Could tell you a lot But that's not In a gentleman's code Just make it one for my baby And one more for the road You'd never know it But buddy, I'm a kind of poet And I've got a lot of things to say And when I'm gloomy You simply got to listen to me Until it's talked away Well, that's how it goes And Joe, I know you're getting Anxious to close So thanks for the beer I hope you didn't mind My bend in your ear Don't let it be said That little Freddy Can't carry his load Just make it one for my baby And one more For the road That long Long road That long Long Yeah. 
Oh, my heart. 